explosive, right? I want to take a moment to introduce you to someone. See, our world was in trouble, and God sent a man who was born of a virgin. And he came to this earth, and in the midst of that, he came humbly, that in a stable, and he lived a sinless life. And he had a ministry for three years with his disciples. And uh, one night he was arrested and unfairly treated and accused and tried. And they, they ended up crucifying this man. And he went to great lengths to redeem humanity. And he rose again. He rose again. That man is Jesus. He's the Son of God, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And I felt led to introduce Josh in this manner by saying, Josh is here to talk about that man. And Josh comes with that man in mind and that man to glorify. And so while there's explosives, while there's all kinds of fun stuff behind me that You'll get to see a little bit today, but then obviously more at VBS. It's all about that man, Jesus, that we want to lift high and we want people to know because he brings the forgiveness of sin. And so, Josh, would you join me this morning to speak about that man? I'm going to pray for you, Thank you. before we hand it over and get into the word together. So will you bow your heads with me as we pray together? Father, I thank you so much. For this morning, for the word that you've pressed upon Josh to share with us today. Father, we ask for your grace upon his lips. And Lord, that he would speak your heartbeat today. And Lord, our hearts would be in a posture of receiving and responding. And may that be our worship, Lord, that would be pleasing unto you. And we thank you for this time. We ask for your anointing. We thank you for Josh and his ministry. Bless this time in the Word of God, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. If you are able, would you stand with me as I read a passage from God's Word this morning? This is found in the book of uh, Colossians chapter 1. If you would want to join me there, Colossians 1, starting at verse 9. You can read on the screens as well, and it says this. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You guys can take a seat. Uh, today we're going we're gonna to walk through this really robust passage, and we have three small sections that we're going to talk about. I'm going to read that first section uh, one more time. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to, watch this, ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will 
in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, I think that it's important for us to, to begin to unpack some of these words from the text. So this first word, to ask, interestingly enough, uh, what's he asking for? He's actually asking that we may be filled with the knowledge of his will, that we may be filled He's asking that we may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The interesting thing, as you might know, there are, the Greek language actually holds far more depth and gravitas than sometimes can be conveyed through the English translation. And so, here's an interesting thing. There are actually three different words for ask. Interesting. Uh, Jesus used this first word, help. He, he was asking, like a request of need, and Jesus used this word quite a bit. He was asking for someone's help for a distressing situation. Jesus used this word, ask, but this is not the word that we're looking at today. Another word that Jesus often used is he was asking for information. And he said this to Peter. It's it's. it's this is the, the, the connotation here is asking of an intimate friend. So when Jesus asked Peter, he asked him, who do people say that I am? This was the word that he was using. However, in our passage today, Paul is not using either of those words. And interestingly enough, the word that Paul used in our passage today, Jesus never used in any of the recorded passages in all of scripture. So Jesus never used this next word, but Paul specifically asked this way. He was asking for a gift to be given. He wasn't asking for help, and he certainly wasn't asking for information. He was actually asking that the people that he was writing to, that they would receive a gift. He was asking God, would you give them a present He's not asking for help for distress. He's saying, would you give them a gift that they don't currently have? That's what he's asking for. And so let's unpack this just a little bit further. He says, he says I'm going to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So he's asking for a gift, the gift of knowledge. Now, Again, as you might expect, there are several different words for knowledge in the Greek language. There's actually five. We're going to touch on four today. Now, there are uh, skills and facts, and then these two kind of more robust terms, gnosis and epinosis. Let's talk about skills. Some of you have, <clears throat> have skills for a job. If you have a trade, you work at a factory, and there is a particular skill set to pull this, to do that, make sure you keep your fingers out of the machine. If you, if you are a teacher, there's a particular skill set that you may have learned. That is a particular type of knowledge, a skill set. However, there are just facts. Today is Sunday. That is a type of knowledge. Uh, today, we are kicking off VBS. That is just an amount of information. That's facts. So there are there is impersonal knowledge. However, this word knowledge that he's using is not about a skill set. It's not about just facts. Now listen very carefully. Christians can, 
can obsess about facts, can't we? We can look to God's word to obsess about factual cross our T's in our spiritual eyes. Very good, I get that. That's not what he's talking about here. He's actually talking about very personal or intimate knowledge. So when he uses this word right here, he says uh, he wants us to be given this gift, a gift, you see, of intimate, intimate spiritual knowledge. Well, the interesting thing is this idea of intimate spiritual knowledge, there are actually two words that, that it, it, you can parse it just a little bit. The interesting thing is this word gnosis, okay? Gnosis means knowledge gained through personal interaction and acquaintance, an active relationship of some intimacy and connection. Now, I don't know about you, but when I am seeking to get to know the Lord, maybe reading the scriptures in the, in the secret and solitude by myself, I am gaining intimate, personal knowledge with him. Looking at the word, being spiritually influenced by him far beyond facts, I'm getting to know my heavenly father. There is an intimacy that can only be gained through logging time in his word. However, what Paul is asking for is not just gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. Paul is, is actually looking for something more. Now, watch carefully. As I am communing with the Lord and I am logging time as a believer, I am experiencing this thing gnosis. I am gaining intimate and personal knowledge of my Savior. And I am, in a sense, setting stones. And the more time that I log in God's word, I begin to know him and the power of his resurrection. And, I, and it, it, it's, it, if you've ever had this experience of this, this intimate thing between you and the Lord that is almost incommunicable to someone else, he wants us to have that, but that is not the word that Paul is using. He wants us to have gnosis. However, this word that he used is beyond gnosis or even beyond knowledge. You see, he's asking for us to have this thing epinosis, an intensified form of gnosis. It's, it's more thorough knowledge, a true knowledge, a fuller and clearer and more deep sense of knowledge. Here's what Paul is asking. He wants us to have, the word epinosis means over knowledge or upon knowledge. This is the word. This is the gift that he's asking. Certainly it starts right here, having a one-on-one -on -one intimate relationship with God. However, Paul is saying, oh God, since the day I heard of it, I ask that you would give them this unique gift of epinosis, that they could actually stand upon knowledge and have experiential understanding of me in real time. So this is the word that we're looking at today. Now I want to tell you, and I want to challenge you right now, you see, it begins here, but this is, this is 
even more experiential with the Lord. The, the experience certainly begins here, but it takes on all kinds of life on this side. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about this. God wants us to be fruitful in every aspect of our life. He wants us, as we'll find out, to bear fruit in every good work. Well, being fruitful at work, it says this, this may be something that you could grab onto today, grab onto one of these stones. You could take this scripture and get to know God through this, but watch carefully. It says this, and let our people learn also to engage in good deeds, to meet pressing needs that may, they may not be unfruitful. Now, you may be at work, and you may think that your particular vocation holds no eternal value whatsoever, and so you are literally just logging time to get out of there to carry on with the rest of your life. And I want to tell you, there's more to this life than logging time. I don't care what your hand finds to do. You may need to take this verse and begin to tuck this verse and have intimate connect with God and say, Lord, help me in the mundane of my life to engage in good deeds and seek, even in something that doesn't appear to be spiritual, that I may engage in good deeds. And as you connect with him, he's asking you on Monday morning, now I'm going to seek to stand upon that knowledge, and I'm going to seek to, it's far deeper than apply. It is having an intimacy with him in real time as you're standing upon the intimacy that he revealed to you. Am I making sense? He wants more from us, and this is what the writer Paul is asking. Give them the gift of actually experiencing you meet their needs through your scriptures, through your word. Another one. Gosh, you know, I was a high school chemistry teacher for a bunch of years. <laughs> and then my real hunger and my real desire was to be in full-time vocational ministry. And I remember my dad, a long time ago, he said this, called me on the phone. Remember those those things, it was a, a phone cord. Do you remember those? Really long, and it kind of would just like twist up on itself, all kinds of craziness. Kids, we'll talk about that later. I was at the school that I was teaching at, and the phone had all this. It was like a 40-foot cord, literally. And I was all the way over at my desk, and my, my dad said, hey, wow, how is teaching high school chemistry going? And I said, Dad, I feel like I'm wasting 40 hours a week. Really what I want to do is serve the Lord. And my dad, in his unique way, he said, hey, uh, that's interesting. So what do you think God has in mind for the 160 kids that come through your class every single day? Interesting, am I right? There is ministry to be had in the mundane, and maybe it is that I needed to learn to engage and, and take this to the Lord begin to pull out the sea, or excuse me, the stones that were holding me back, and I might meet, seek to meet pressing needs with bizarre high school kids in the name of the Lord, can I have an amen? And so then as I began to walk into the classroom as literally a priest unleashed, 
in the world, I, I was then standing upon. God helped me to see these kids. And then he said, you, you want to see these kids? And then he opened my eyes and I began to experientially know him in a brand new way as I was pouring on the healing salve of Jesus Christ onto very hurting kids. You see, there's opportunity for ministry to meet pressing needs any and everywhere we go. However, interestingly enough, as I became a pastor, after 10 years or whatever in the classroom, you know, it's interesting that you can find yourself doing the most bizarre of things in the ministry. Does that make sense, Pastor? He says, yes, it does. You see, you think, I remember one time, somebody years after I was a pastor, they said, well, good gracious, you only work on Sundays, don't you? You've had that. Only here. Only here. Well, here's the deal. It says this, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that nothing you do in the Lord is in vain. And so maybe you might find yourself wondering whether your work has any value whatsoever, but you take your time and you begin to meditate, you begin to ask God, show me that my work in you is not in vain, and ask him, help me, God, to know you and know your scripture, and then he wants you, the real gift is for you to have upon or above epinosis that in real time as you're doing the most mundane of tasks, he shows up through the Spirit and encourages you, I told you, nothing you do in the Lord is in vain. God, thank you. I sense your presence. You are having the gift of epinosis. That's what he's asking for us. True leadership, how about this? Everybody take a deep breath on this one. Says this. Well, by the way, before I share this one, somebody told me one time, Josh, ministry would be amazing if it wasn't for all these people. But people is the, people is the ministry, amen? And the Lord's bondservant, this is every one of us, every one of us, and the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth how about this another great stone that you might want to meditate on and have intimate knowledge with him for a future experience not of applying but communing with him in real time as he's meeting and proving to you that that scripture is true says this, speaking of people, but we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children, having so fond of, of an affection for you, we were well pleased not only to give you the gospel of God, but our very lives as well, because you had become dear to us. Now hear me out real quick. Somebody's like, hey, ho, 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 ho. I would just assume can you give me a non-people job in the ministry? We have those. But every non-people job does intersect with people. Are you with? By the way, do you know that people are messy? And they have issues. And I had issues back in good old 
the 19s, you know what I mean? Before I was a Christian, and I had people who were willing to step in to the mess and lead me to see what it might look like to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I gotta ask, what are you individually doing with the knowledge that you have been stockpiling and the intimacy with God that you have been stockpiling for all of these years? For what end have you been laying up knowledge of God? Because this knowledge of God can, can actually, you can actually now, it says this, we had so a fond of affection. Whoa, sorry. Thank you. Whoa, back one. There we go. Phew. You can override me at any time, by the way, back there. We had so a fond of an affection for you. Sacrificial discipleship. People who have issues. And you bring them to the Lord and you say, God, would you grant me something that allows my heart to actually care for these people? Can you give me a heart that would not only give them the gospel of God, but give them my very life as well? That's harder. And then, as you're giving of your life, and you're experiencing God's spirit, and you're now having this gift of epinosis, and you're in the mix with them, and you have the power to endure their drama, to lead them to a place of deeper understanding. That's epinosis. That's the gift that he's asking. Everybody say, mercy. Now, I want, I'm gonna, we're going to come back to this one, but maybe it's, that you need self-controlled spirituality. Has this, it says this, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a, sincere, and a sincere faith. For some men, straying from these things, that is a good conscience and a sincere faith, have turned aside to fruitless discussion. Wanting to be teachers of the law, though they themselves do not understand either, that which they are saying or the matters about which they are making confident assertions. Maybe you need to ask God to humble you and give you self-control spiritually that you would not use the scriptures to abuse others on Facebook. Can I have an amen? Maybe you need to ask God, intimately give me knowledge that I can stand upon you and be an exceptional witness, not the contrary. We're going to move on here. So he's asking for this gift to be given. And I must tell you, I hope, I hope that God is spiritually opening up your eyes to see that this gift is more than your quiet time and Monday morning application. Way bigger than just application, though it is applying that which is going on in your life. You see, this is more than application. This is the gift of experiential knowledge in real time. Oh, that God would give us that gift. Now listen carefully. There is the domain of knowing him through reading and communing with him. There is a domain there. There is another domain for you to be experiencing him through fellowship. Watch carefully. Do you realize there is a domain of learning that cannot happen in absolute isolation? 
There was a time in my life that I thought, wouldn't it be amazing to be a monk and just study the scriptures? Fair? But there is a beauty and a level of knowing God that cannot be achieved unless you're in community. However, there is a domain of knowing that can only happen as we are doing real-time ministry. There is this fuller, there's a fuller knowledge than we had from our initial quiet time or even from a discussion. There is this mystical, yes, mystical experience of him proving his goodness in his word. I told you, you're tr- the eyes of the Lord search to and fro all the earth looking for somebody upon whom he can show himself faithful. He isn't looking for somebody faithful. He's looking for someone upon whom he can show himself faithful. And you continue to learn his word, and then you get the gift of being able to commune and execute with him as he shows you my truths are trustworthy and stable. That's the gift. Now, I do have to ask, will you, believer, at this church, are you willing to take up the hammer and to take up the sword as you seek to not only build the wall, but also to build into people's lives. There is a battle, and there is a building that must take place. Okay, so Paul, he asks that we may be filled with this knowledge. Now watch this. This is what the Bible would call, or or theologians or scholars would call a clause. He's asking, give them this, the true gift of experiential knowledge, so that he doesn't give you this gift for no reason this gift is there's a clause attached give them this gift so that they may walk in a manner worthy of the lord this word walk is actually quite interesting it actually is the totality of your existence and what he wants is for you to have a life if you could translate it literally it's it's that the totality of your existence would be unto all pleasing. So he wants us to have this gift of experiential knowledge so that you may walk or the fullness of all of your existence would be unto all pleasing. Very powerful. Now, the way that our lives end up becoming pleasing, interestingly enough, is he wants us to watch carefully, look at this screen, I put this little graphic in here because this is a unique Greek word. It is an ongoing, perpetual verb. He's asking that you may get a gift to have experiential knowledge so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects. What is pleasing him in all respects? It means continually bearing fruit. This is an interesting thing. Bearing fruit in every good work. This is active goodness in everything that we do. Now, here's the real kicker, and we're going to come full circle with this epinosis, this experiential understanding, because he uses that word again. So he says, I want you to bear fruit continually, all the time, on repeat, on redo, cut, copy, paste, 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 bearing fruit in your life in every good work, watch this now, and increasing, ever-increasing, secular, 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 
repetitively increasing in the knowledge of God. Now watch carefully. This is where I think it gets exciting because he's saying, I want you to please him in all respects, continually bearing fruit, and watch this, increasing in the epinosis of God. Not in the facts of God, not in just gnosis of knowing him, but this, this thing comes full circle and begins to become like a positive, self-fulfilling roll forward. He says, I want you to have good works of every kind, and I want you to increase in this overknowledge. This becomes this perpetuating, beautiful gift. Amen? That's what he wants, and that's exciting to me. Now, I have to ask, are there any physics lovers in the room? Anybody like physics? We got a couple people real quick. They said, yes, sir. I saw those hands. Well, take a look here. We're going to go fast through this. There's a great equation out there. F equals MA. Force equals mass times acceleration. Let me do this real fast here. See, if uh, you're driving down the road and you see a semi going 80 miles an hour with a load of lead, that thing's going to have a lot of force. Can I have an amen? Why? Because it's filled with a lot of mass and it's moving very, very, very fast. Let's exchange that briefly. I think every believer, the Bible says that God has set eternity into the hearts of men. He wants us, we all hunger to have an impact. How are you going to have an impact? It is the weight of truth in your life times movement, times good works, times active goodness of every kind. Repetitively bearing fruit. You want to have an impact? Watch this. I want you to have an impact. I think you want to have an impact. Mathematically, if we were to carry this out further, it is your level of impact is going to be in keeping with your weight of truth and your ability to get moving. Let's take a look here. This is kind of fun now. Scenario one, we have a low weight of truth, ping pong ball, and we have a whole ton of activity. Now, I have seen in my short 45 years of life, I have seen believers who are so fired up about changing the world, but they don't have much weight of truth. They've not logged time with the Lord. By the way, can I, can I be real honest with you? This is a little painful in some ways. It says this, uh, the prophet Hosea he didn't say, it is for lack of passion that my people perish. He said it's a lack of knowledge, amen? Now, I wanted to show you real quick here. Oh, good gracious. This is, this is where it gets fun, doesn't it? Can I have an amen? Pastor, you got one of these? We can work on that. Now, watch carefully. I'm going to begin to fill this with compressed air. I should have pastor do this as I'm talking, amen? But here's what I want to let you know. You see, Nehemiah, he had a report that came back to him from Jerusalem, a friend. And they said, the walls are broken down, and that broke his heart. Nehemiah, he got permission to go. Then guess what? Nehemiah got back there, and he did not tell the elders what he was doing. He took a donkey ride, and he went and looked. His heart was broken. 
He got off the donkey. He looked further. He saw the need was extreme. Now, you may feel, as you look out in the world, you're doing that second service. You may see the need. You may see where truth needs to happen. I have seen so many believers who are just so fired up to change the world. And they think that their passion alone is going to fulfill that. And they have neglected stockpiling a way to truth. Pastor, come on up here, would you? I don't know if I should do this. Yeah, I'm going to shoot it at you. So stand right over there, yeah. Okay, just, just close your eyes and... Yeah, okay, here we go. Now, did that hurt? No, of course it didn't. Because this was a ping pong ball moving super... Thank you, you're good. Actually, Pastor, if I could just stand over here. Let's get this thing charged up. But I'm not wearing myself out for this. Just, just start... Don't make a big distraction of yourself now. Just start pumping. All right. Take a look. Low impact. How about this? He must not be a recent convert or that he might become puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. If a super young believer is just fired up for God, hey, brother, hey, sister, log some time. Do you realize that the Apostle Paul, tradition, tradition would say that the Apostle Paul probably had the first five books of the, of the law set to memory as a Pharisee. Fair? He knew the truth pretty well. He had a conversion experience on the road to Damascus, and guess what he did? He spent three years in the wilderness alone getting to know God that he only factually knew. Paul the apostle got to know God, and then he began to apply that down the road. All right, here we go. Young ones, young people. You good? It's getting harder, isn't it? That's, that's plenty, that's plenty. Hey, remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the days are evil and the years come and draw near that you say, I don't have any pleasure in them. Hear me out. This was a big year for me this year, Pastor. They gave me these things called progressives, which is a very PC way to call bifocals, right? Hey, listen, this is the 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes, the wisest man that ever lived on the earth, and he said, your back is going to get sore. You're going to wake up earlier than you ever want to wake up, and you ain't going to be able to get back to sleep. Your eyes are going to go. He lists, yep, I'm seeing some smiles back here. We won't point anybody out, but he, look at this. Some of these people are like, oh, good gracious. The list goes on of the ways he does it very creatively about how our bodies fall apart. Amen? He says, get to know God before that stuff starts to happen. Have a foundation of understanding so that when this junk starts happening in your life, you have a foundational understanding of his sovereignty. All right, now we're going to have a little more fun. You may have a very high weight of truth. Yes, this is a 16-pound bowling ball. However, 
Pastor, this is crazy, I know. Just come on up here real quick. If you would take off, I know, just work with me, one of your shoes and stand right here. Yeah, just one of them. Yep. All right, here we go. Oh, good gracious, I'm so sorry. Sorry about that. Put that one foot out if you would, okay. right there. Okay, yep, we'll put it right there. Now watch carefully. High weight of truth, very, very, very slow moving. Maybe at a snail's pace. What kind of impact is this going to have? Very little. So you know the word? You know scripture in and out? You are an armchair theologian? And your best application is to light somebody up on Facebook? Not helping. Can I have an amen? It's not helping. It's a plague, church. It's a plague. I could cry. How'd that hurtin'? No good, no, no problem at all. We got ping pong balls going fast in a bowling ball moving at a snail's pace. Now, work with me. Thank you for pumping this up, by the way. If you could come back over here and stand. No, oh, you can do that later, I figure. Okay. Good gracious. You read, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But just for fun, while we're here, I do want to show you this contrast one more time. Oh, we got it pumped up, don't we? You ready? Close those eyes. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, everybody clap wildly for Pastor. Yes. Okay, work with me. Low impact. I have no idea what that was. I have no idea what that was. But some men, we already talked about this, fruitless discussions. Remember I told you I was coming back to this? They don't understand the things about which they make confident assertions. What's the point of you knowing scripture? It's love. How about this? Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Fair? Watch carefully. This is a, ooh, 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 good one. You, Jesus said this to the Pharisees. He said, you search the scriptures thinking that within them is found eternal life. No. The scriptures are pointing to the Savior. Now watch carefully. I've got to show you. I don't know if you can see this. You can turn all those lights down just real quick. It says this is one of those funny things you see online. When you know mad scripture, look at their legs. But you ain't walking it out. Can I, make this? Can I have an Amen. That's a good one. Thank you. Here's what I want to ask. I'm going to leave this between you and the Lord. Which one are you? Where, where would you need to apply a message like this? Are you filled? You know the scriptures. Or would you say that you need to log a little bit of time? You can make that decision yourself. And we're going to go a little bit faster through the rest of these. Yeah, of course, we got high weight, high truth, 16-pound bowling ball going real fast. I'm going to move on to this next section if I could. It says this, for this reason, let me go back, for this reason, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in all respects. 
and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened, here it is, with all power, according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Now, I got to tell you, I'm a chemist. I love these things. These two words are actually the identical word with just a little variant on the back end of them. In the Greek language, this is almost a word, pl a word play. It says, strengthened with all power. What it really means is, you are, you are given power for powering. It's, 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 a, it's like this run-on thing. He says, uh, 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 strengthened with all power. It literally means power for powering. And this is actually the word from which we get our word dynamite, dynamos, okay? Hear me out. The biblical writers did not know anything about explosives. So a lot of people have interpreted this as explosive power, and that's not true at all. This is more the word where we get the word dynamic, dynamos, dynamic, exceptional, specialized power for power. It's it's thought of as power for powering. But where does this power come from? Watch carefully. You see, it's from his glorious might. It's derived from there. Now, how many of you people have ever drink, drank this stuff, kombucha? You guys know what that is? This, is? this crowd of people said, like, yeah, about four of you. But at the end of the day, that is a drinkable bacteria that actually has some medicinal value. Now, you can biologically, work with me now, stick with me, this drink, you can take that bacteria strain and you can analyze it and you can find from one of the five places that it originated on planet Earth. My brother invested about $10,000 into a kombucha company about, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, and that strain came from the mountains of, of uh, 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 the Ming Dynasty. That's that, like, it originated from gobs of years ago, and that one particular bacteria strain just kept replicating. You could find its source, and here's what I want to tell you. There is a source from which this power for powering is derived, and the scriptures say this. Strengthened all power according to his glorious might. You see, his strength, however... When he deploys strength from you, it's not as if he loses any and then has to recharge. Can I have an amen? It is an ever-dependable, never-waning, never-anything strength for us to have power for powering. Now, some of you may say, wow, 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 what, what would this power do for me? Is that power for powering to preach boldly? No. Is it to fearlessly charge ahead? No. Is it to storm the gates of hell? No. He gives us this power so that we can, watch this, stand still and suffer long. That's it. He wants you to be immovable, as the King James would say, long-suffering, and in order to have long-suffering, one must suffer long. And I got to tell you, this is a tough one because it is challenging. It's easy to get to know God in these moments. It is far more challenging to get to know God and experience Him in the fight. 
And what I want to do, my flesh wants to run. He says, be steadfast and immovable. He says, be patient, truly. Suffer long. Stand in there. Now, I don't know about you. I think of power for powering that I could go do something explosive. Not true. What he's asking for us is to have power to stand still. Holy Spirit, divinely sourced power to stand still and suffer long. Because it is not easy to be the guy at work who continues to humbly love and self-sacrifice for people who don't like you. It is tough to stand knowing that you should be discipling and pouring into someone and knowing inside that that is messy and it is going to intersect, excuse me, interrupt your clean, seemingly clean life. Can I have an amen? Woo! Discipling somebody or mentoring someone, that's messy. Okay, we're going to move fast because I'm going to skip this. Everybody say, that would have been cool. You see, he wants to give us, us from his source, power for powering. Why? So that I can literally stand still and suffer long. It is not easy. If you read the scriptures at all, the Christian life is hard. Amen? He's giving us that power. And I want to close with this. It says all of those wonderful things, and then he closes with this, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Now, this is a very interesting piece. This word qualified, you see, there are continuous verbs that are ongoing in nature, click, whatever, you know, uh, copy, paste, 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 and then there are definitive one-time act verbs. This one right here is a one-time one happened verse or one happened verb this is not you people are not continually in an ongoing way qualified or not qualified he closes this little passage with saying i am so grateful that you at the church of colossi you are qualified amen now i have to say i'm going to close with this today the year was it was the fall of 1991. It was Friday night football in Shenandoah, Iowa. We were playing our, our arch rival for the Page County Super Bowl. My best friend had been disqualified from playing the first two and a half games of the season for legal troubles. He was forced to sit out the first two games. And now it was the second half of the third game. It was just starting, and he was now officially qualified to play we were down 28 points at half he had now been he had been unqualified and now he was qualified to play his pent-up energy was now unleashed and he absolutely overran the other team we won the game the star players were dirty bloody grass stained and steam was literally emanating from their heads amen it was such a big win that something happened that had never happened before. The entire crowd actually poured onto the field from the stands. Never happened before. The girls were ecstatic and yelled at me and hugged me and said, You did it! You did it! Yet I had not played a single play. My jersey was clean. No sweat, no stain. I was as much 
a spectator as those who had been in the, in the stands. Sure, we won. But I, Josh, had no real skin in the game. I knew the rules of the game, but I did not feel the exhilaration of the battle. You see, this kingdom is not a game. The kingdom of God is not a game. This is the most important thing that you and me can do with our one and only life. Join me. Fill your backpack with knowledge, true knowledge, and experience the thrill of experientially epinosis knowing him it is a gift to be alive and a gift to be on the field it is the gift of the exhilaration of the game and stretching myself to use my gifts to further the kingdom there is a day coming when there is going to be a grand celebration can i have an amen and and i want to be one of the ones who has been poured out like a drink offering all of it go 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 spend your life what's it worth anyway and then all of a sudden, in heaven, there's this great celebration. But woe to me if I have been standing on the sideline, not participating. I want to know him, and I want to know, know him. Can we pray? All right. Father in heaven, we love you. You're good. We praise you. Please fill these people. Have them, may they have powerful spaces of connection with you true biblical knowledge. Pray for our time this week that it would be filled with true biblical engagement with your people that you've created. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said...